What type of shoes should the physical therapist recommend for an infant and toddler? That's what we're talking about today on The Working Therapist. Welcome to The Working Therapist, a podcast designed to help you grow in your therapy practice. The Working Therapist is an extension of the Pediatric Developmental Therapy Network. Now here are your hosts, Hayden Bolick and Kirsty Miles. Hey, Kirsty. So today we are going to talk about shoes, which I do like shoes. As I've gotten older in life, um, I tend to have less shoes than I did when I was younger, but I've gotten a lot more picky about my shoes. So like if they hurt my feet after like an hour or two, I tend to just get rid of them. So, but today we're talking about shoes and footwear and what the physical therapist looks at for shoes, the feet, that kind of thing. I'm super excited because I really love feet and I really like talking about shoes. So where should we start with this? Well, we're going to talk about factors in footwear and just giving some different perspectives on when do you start wearing shoes, what shoes, and different things to consider when we are going to put shoes on the feet versus not. Um, You know, as children grow and develop and their body is forming and shaping and a lot of research out there says children should be barefoot longer and part of that is the feet have so many proprioceptors and you get a lot of sensory input and feedback through the bottoms of the feet and so it is really important to have time where they are barefoot on different textures you think about some of our kids that are toe walking and don't get all that input down through their feet because they're not putting their foot in contact with the ground so it is really important and that's stuff that we work on in therapy because then you have to desensitize to get some texture on the bottom of the foot so There is a lot of research out there that says, hey, kids should be barefoot longer. And so then the question comes into play, well, when do you put them in shoes and Mm -hmm. what kind of shoes? And well, my child's going to daycare. They have to have something on their feet. And so there's just all these things to consider that maybe you haven't thought of before. Let's talk about babies and like when to wear shoes and that kind of thing. Because when I had, when my people were little, number one, baby feet are so cute. You know, you just don't really want to cover them up, but eventually you need to, it turns winter or (laughs) that kind of thing. But I never knew when to really start putting them in shoes, right? Especially for like mine that were born in March, because you know, March hits and you're not putting like a zero to three month old in shoes usually, right? At least I didn't so much, because I just had enough trouble keeping clothes on their bodies, much less shoes on, you know, on their feet. And so then summer hits and then you get into, so then they're really not wearing shoes in the summer because they got those cute little, sweet little fat feet. Cause you know, they're between four and six months. You know how that is. And I love touch baby's foot. And then you hit like September, October, and it really doesn't start getting cold here till November, December. And so then all of a sudden November, they're like, what was that happened with my foot? So they didn't want to wear shoes really at that point, you know? (laughs) So I would talk to some people about, well, should I have shoes on them? Should I not have shoes on them? Some people said, oh yes, you should wear. When I say people, I mean physical therapists. Some said, yes, you should put shoes on their feet. And others were like, no, their new feet just, you should need to develop. So what's your opinion? What do you think? I think there's a definite combination. Like, I don't think you can be like, well, my child just doesn't wear shoes and we're just never going to wear shoes because there's places where you need to wear them and you need to desensitize to them. Otherwise you're going to have a one-year-old that throws them off. I mean, we've had kids come in with one shoe on. I'm like, where'd the other shoe go? And they threw it out the car window while they were driving to therapy. <laughs> <laughs> like they're not wearing shoes. That's <laughs> so I was like, hmm, not finding that no, shoe. That's not um, so 
th that's a risk you run. If you wait too long, then yeah. they're like, what are these things that you're putting on me? They're not very comfortable. So, and we've talked before about like the leather shoes when the babies are really little. Right. That's more of a, hey, we've got to comply to daycare rules and regulations and they're supposed to have something on their feet. That's they're not so a shoe. cute though. <laughs> there's a soft, you know, there's like little soft little leather booties and stuff. Mm -hmm. Oh my gosh. They're so sticky cute. I love those things. But that's not offering any support. That's more of just a protection for their foot that's right. it right it's, it's like an expensive sock so when kids are <laughs> when kids are developing they're they're crawling they're starting to pull to stand they're getting a lot of sensory input down now through their feet and developmentally that's all good and appropriate they're starting to learn to bridge across spaces weight bearing you're looking making sure that those feet are coming down to the floor and they're not up on their tippy toes you know mm -hmm. just all the stuff that we look for in the mm -hmm. realm of physical therapy and sometimes the daycare staff or the parent might express some concerns but, you know, you don't want to start putting children in um, shoes or braces. Sometimes I think therapists automatically jump to, oh, I think they're going to need an SMO or an AFO. And I was like, well, you got to wait a minute. Like they need to wait there for a minute because you don't really know what you're bracing for. So you're talking like at about 18 months, two years or earlier, 12 months. I think it depends developmentally where they are and what they're doing. So if they just started pulling to stand and they've only been pulling to stand for a week, let's not jump on it right away. Mm -hmm. Let's give them some time to adapt. And the same thing goes with shoes. Let's give them some time to adapt to see what they're going to do because we don't really know what their foot's doing yet when they just started to weight bear. Right. So it is important to have time being barefoot, to have time with your feet on different textures, carpet, wood floors, linoleum, um, even outside on the grass, you know, obviously considering safety. So then that takes you to, well, when do you put shoes on their feet? Well, some daycares are going to tell you, you have to put your child in shoes mm -hmm. and then, well, what shoes, what do you, what do you put them in? So early on there's shoe is not offering a lot of support as far as when they're like one year old and right. things like that. So <laughs> a lot of the name of the game is, are they going to leave it on their foot? <laughs> and do they need a lot of support even at that age? No. Right. Cause I mean, their feet are so fat. They're like little blocks of little blocks. No, um, the fat pads are, are there and present, so you can't really tell what the foot is doing yet and right. what the calcaneus is doing and how the bones are growing and developing because they haven't been weight-bearing that long yet. Right. So right. those are just things to consider when we're talking about footwear. And obviously, I go into the developmental approach, not... Well, for all kids, but also I'm thinking about some of my lower tone kids, like children with Down syndrome, just low tone in general, because those kids tend to be a little bit floppier and then they tend to show more delays in development. So they're not pulling to stand and weight bearing at the age when you would typically expect that. So that's where sometimes therapists will jump to, oh, they need an AFO or they need some external support. And I'm like, but do they really Right, because you need to let the foot develop a little bit. A body. little bit, because yeah. you don't know what you're bracing for yet, because there's like that trade-off. So, you know, like those old school white high top leather shoes, like the real stiff ones? Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. I'll a lot of times recommend that to a parent to, hey, let's try this and see if that will give them enough ankle stability just to promote standing. Because what we're essentially doing when we're putting them in an AFO or a stiff sneaker is we're taking out one of the degrees of freedom. So you got your hip to control, your knee to control, and your ankle to control. Well, mm -hmm. if we can take and give some control to the ankle, mm -hmm. the first joint that's in contact with the ground, we can build like a more stable base up the chain. So we're giving some stability down to the feet to help promote them to stand so it's a little bit easier because who wants to do stuff that's hard? 
So you're talking about those old, old school white shoes, lace up. They got the leather bottoms. That you wore, that I wore. I know. I can remember now my my first two wore those. But I used to buy white shoe polish and I would would buy two pairs for each child and I would polish their shoes. I swear to you. promise you every night shoe polish her shoes every night and set them out to dry then the next day they would wear new ones now what what like what is wrong with you (laughs) and what what reality was i living and what and why was i so worried about the all of you listening to this right now nobody out there in this world (laughs) does that (laughs) and why was i so concerned about their shoes being that white like there's really some, I, mean, I, I cannot answer that for no, you or help it's you. It's a real problem. But I was like, I'm so surprised that you're saying that because both my oldest two wore those. There was always like a pair of white shoes sitting on my kitchen counter right beside the sink. No, <laughs> no kidding. No kidding. But then the next two came along and then I, I guess I decided that was way too much work. And so I just never put them in shoes. <laughs> Anyway, anyway, who knows? That's funny. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, but yeah, I, I love those. Those are so sweet. So you I'll know. use that as a little bit of a stepping stone right. for our children that are lower tone to give them some more stability and support because you're not going to get that from just a sneaker. Right. And like a real cushy sneaker is almost going to make it harder for them to control. Little, little baby like Nikes, you know, and those kind of things. I mean, nothing against Nike or whatever, but they're they're not, it seems like it's always hard for feet to stay in those things. They can, they're they going to kick them kick off. those things off in a heartbeat. I don't know why, but, but you really can't can. kick off those white boots. No, you can't kick off those white boots. They're here in for the duration. And sometimes it's hard to get a child with low tone and like that kind of that floppy foot Uh hard to get them down in the shoe like sometimes their toes will curl up and then you're trying to like you got to really undo that whole shoe spread it wide get that foot down in there so those are the shoes that i recommend a lot and you can still find them believe it or not stride right still makes them you still can find them yep (laughs) um and so you recommend those for more low tone Mm -hmm. maybe what about the kids who tend to get up higher on their toes i'll recommend them for those Mm -hmm. too Mm -hmm. so sometimes the higher tone so you've got to be sure that you're looking for like that neurological sign of clonus because then if you find that obviously a referral needs to be made to neurology but there's a reason why they're getting up on their toes they feel that kicking in and so rather than have to fight that and control that mm-hmm. they end up on their toes and they stay there so you want to rule that out first but that's also something I'll try for somebody that's up on their toes because then they're not getting any sensation through the bottom of their foot anyway so I'm like we've got to get them down but this might work enough that we don't have to do an AFO so basically if this child is typical developing no you're not really concerned about their feet parents aren't concerned about the feet they're just typical developing they may have to get some shoes because it's cold or daycare or whatever but like the soft shoe kind of thing you're good with and then when they start but if they have other issues maybe like clonus or maybe other developmental situations whatever then you're saying maybe some of those old school leather booties might be nice to help give their ankles some stability Okay, got it. That yeah, we've got, to, we've got to consider other factors. But like right. you're typically developing, we're not going to intervene or do anything until they're weight-bearing. They've got that fat pad. They've got right. fat, flat feet. Kids come with flat. That's how they're born, flat-footed. Mm-hmm. So over weight-bearing and getting up on their toes within reason, you know, reaching overhead to pull something off of a shelf or those types of activities yeah. help strengthen the arch. And then you're going to look at what type of shoe they need down the road and it might be that they need some sort of orthotic insert or or things like that but that's that's another realm that we're talking about that's in regards to more typical development um, because every foot is different yeah 
So the, really, the orthodontist would not be the first place you'd go. You're gonna, mm -hmm. that's the last place or the one of the last places. It really is. Okay. Um, you wanna do some like basic interventions first with just some off the shelf stuff because a lot of times that does resolve the problem. So what if they're high tone? So high tone, um, obviously from a physical th therapy standpoint, there's a lot of tone reducing techniques that we use, some NDT philosophy and approaches, but also we can use the high top sneakers again because so that's- the leather booty again? Mm -hmm. well, because that's gonna okay. keep them off their, their tippy toes mm -hmm. and keep mm -hmm. that foot in contact with the floor, which is gonna give them some proprioceptive input through their feet. Right. And then for high tone, if they're just learning to walk, sometimes I'll use like little ankle weights just to get those heels down to the ground. <laughs> um, little tiny baby, like one quarter, pound, say, quarter little, pound, little, little. Okay. <laughs> yeah. <Awesome. laughs> um, and and cueing them, just tactile cues to help get those those feet back down on the ground. Or you can't really do a squat down to get something from the floor. So if they're like holding onto the couch or a bench or something like that, and I want to get weight back through the heels, well, if I hold something down to like their knee level and they've got to squat down a little bit and bend the knee, you're naturally going to dorsiflex at the ankle so I can get some weight shift back into their heels. You can't squat up under toes. So yeah, so you just want to be considering like what what is happening for the child? Are they struggling? And you want to get them up in weight bearing because now they're 14 or 15 months old. They should be taking some independent steps, but they're not. And they're not even standing yet. And you're, you're hypothesizing, hey, they're not standing because this is work. This mm -hmm. is hard. Mm -hmm. So let me give them a little bit of external support through a high top sneaker, uh, the tough leather shoes, just to give them more ankle support so we can encourage and promote more weight bearing, more time in standing, um, so that we can get to the point where now we can stand behind a push toy and take a couple of steps. And it's baby steps, you know, uh, we got we to gotta do it in small doses and get them built up for it and, and progress. But it takes more time. Mm -hmm, so mm -hmm. a lot of times in therapy, when you look at a child that's typically developing, they go through these stages of development so quickly that you don't even realize like that's a developmental stage. And not uh. just things that are on like the Peabody or standardized testing, but okay, like when children start yeah, crawling. Mm -hmm. So right you just think, oh, they go from sitting and now they're they're pushing up onto their belly and they start crawling. Well, they do start to rock first, right? Mm -hmm. And so sometimes we miss that developmentally. And so things that we work on therapy, before we just go to crawling, we back it up and we put them in quadruped and we start rocking back and forth, you know, and getting that weight shifting and weight bearing. But typically developing kids do that just so quickly and right. instantaneously that sometimes we as parents miss it. Mm -hmm. But so our kids that are on the more developmentally delayed side, right. lower tone or higher tone, mm -hmm. they hang out in these stages a little bit longer and it takes a little bit longer to acquire the skill and you have to show them the skill mm -hmm. to get to doing it. Okay, so now, curious as you're talking about this, we've moved from the infant stage, they're past crawling, they're now into weight bearing. You talked through that a little bit. They've probably started wearing some kind of shoe at this point just for a sensory thing because you talked about that. What does the PT need to think about in terms of shoes? We need to think about how we're delivering therapy in a therapy session. Are we taking the shoes off at all during therapy? Are we working on some desensitization? Are we stepping on different textures in the therapy mm -hmm. room? Are we putting shoes back on during the therapy session? And what's the reason and rationale for it? Because we talk about why are we doing what we're doing all the time, right? Mm -hmm. And so mm -hmm. why did we put the shoes back on? Are we, are we taking the shoes off to work on walking and balance and see what the ankle's doing and how they're moving? And then we're putting the shoe back on to give some added stability 
ability to go for longer steps, to increase distance, to increase the likelihood of success so that we build on that and make progress. Mm -hmm. So it all goes back to why are you doing what you're doing? Mm -hmm. So there are times in the therapy session where we're taking shoes off, we're doing therapy, and then we're putting shoes back on and we're doing additional techniques in the therapy room. And so, but why? So it just, it encourages our listeners to think about why you're doing what you're doing. Why are you working with shoes off versus shoes on? Mm-hmm. And then now that we're walking and we're increasing the length and distance, and now, you know, the parent's asking, well, do we have to keep doing these leather shoes or do we have to keep doing this barefoot <laughs> or I want to get her some cute shoes. <laughs> I want, we have to keep up shoe polish in these every single night. <laughs> that is never going to be included in my home program, but <laughs> for you, for you, yeah, no, yeah, like definitely, yeah. So, what factors do we consider now? Because right. now you have like all these different options, right? right? We have we have slip-on shoes, we have little tiny Crocs, we have little flip-flops and sandals, we have sneakers, high-top sneakers, low-top sneakers. All kinds of stuff. Yeah. If you want to make a PT cringe, put your child in some Crocs and send them to PT because they're going <laughs> like, to be like, what? Uh. <laughs> and there's a couple of reasons for that. So yeah. let's get into Crocs just for a second because this ties into when you look at the bottom of a kid's shoe, the last of the shoe is the bottom, right? So mm-hmm. uh, Crocs curve inward, right? Hmm. And so, because oh, really? I thought they're just like this big flat rubber thing. No, ah. the the toe kind of curves inward. That's interesting. Huh. And so, Crocs are going to naturally position the legs in that toe in pattern. Hmm. So we've got all these W sitters out there, right? Oh, and then yeah. they go in Crocs. So we're like, okay, we've already got some tightness in the hip. Then they're towing in, and now we put them in a croc, and we make them way toe in, right? Mm-hmm. The footwear is lending to hmm. exacerbating that problem. So don't do that. Don't do the Crocs. (laughs) Don't do the Crocs. They're very comfortable. Crocs are like that. I need to get you from the pool to the car without burning your feet on the blacktop. Right. That's it. Hmm. (laughs) (laughs) And they're so easy. Just go find your shoes. Yep. And they can put them on themselves. Yeah. I totally get that. So there are some options that I prefer better. More than a Croc? Yes. (laughs) Um, Keen actually makes some really good summer sandal type mm-hmm. stuff and they have a better bottom and their last is straighter. So Keen shoes are, are a good option for like they have water shoes and they do Velcro so a child can still learn to do them. We're talking about two and three year olds. I was going to say, I would say you got the whole I do it myself syndrome, which yeah. is really when the Crocs come in. Right. 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 At the three year old stage, you're like, ah, whatever, just get some shoes on your feet. Yep. Yeah. And flip flops, even, even if they have that back strap on them, they've got a claw down at the toe to hold on to the shoe because it's going to come flipping off. So, Mm -hmm. you know, those are not a good option either. But when we're looking at just sneakers, obviously as parents and the whole two to three year old, I do it myself. I don't need your help. I'm like independent. (laughs) Um, (laughs) We tend to go for Velcro. Yeah. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. Because you got to get out the door eventually. And I have two kids. I know it's hard to find shoes that are not Velcro when you're talking about that population of kids. But Velcro over time, the more you stretch it, the more you pull it, the more it loosens. If it sticks to anything, it gets all that junk in the Velcro Mm -hmm. and then it doesn't stick as good. So it's coming loose and you can't tighten it as much. So over time, 
they're not really providing any support to the foot and this foot starts to fall in. So now we're adding height to the child, weight to the child. We've got Velcro on their feet. It's loosening over time. The arches start collapsing more. We're not providing support as that fat pad's minimizing and they're developing their feet mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. we're not adding to helping a proper growth pattern. Mm -hmm. So I encourage parents whenever they can to buy shoes that lace up. I know it's going to take longer. I know kids at that age don't tie their shoes. That's an option or buy shoes that lace up and get the, um, I was going to ask you about those, the, get the shoelaces that are, they're like, um, stretchy, elastic, yeah. corded, but you can slide the, the piece down to tighten them mm -hmm. so you can get them snug. And as that elastic stretches out, you can still snug them down to get the support of the shoe. So I was in REI a couple weeks ago and they were having their garage sale, you know, when they have a big sale. And so I actually found some of those like no tie shoes. That's what I call it. Or no tie laces. I don't know if that's the official name or not. There's a brand. I don't know if it's REI, but yeah. lock laces make one. Yeah. But anyway, they were super cheap. So sometimes you can find those things on sale, mm -hmm. but you got to kind of look. And you can put like, those in any shoe. Yeah. So any shoe that laces up, you can put the um, the other laces in and that if you're looking for like I need easy I need something that they can learn to do themselves but they're not going to learn to tie shoes until they're four five six maybe if they yeah. have delays it's going to be later than that so mm -hmm. you want to kind of be able to explain to the parent why you're recommending this but also kind of meet them at where they're at like right. I've got five kids to get out of the house you want me to sit and tie his shoes every time they come undone right Right. Like that's a crazy maker. And you mentioned Keen and I know Keen shoes can be pretty expensive and stuff. They can. Can you speak a little bit about like the Keen shoes and what makes them good? Like the soles of them and this, you know, how they don't bend and yeah, that kind yeah. of thing. Yeah. So one of the things that I look at is like that it's a really stable shoe and okay. it's also really durable. And so the plastic rubber comes up over the toe. So you've got kids that are doing all these developmental skills, yeah. maybe learning to do a balance bike. They're dragging their toes. It just helps with wear and they last a little bit longer, but they can be a little bit pricier. The other thing to consider with children's shoes, and I, I educate parents on this a lot because children go through these growth spurts mm -hmm. and you can go through a lot of shoes in a year, right? Yeah. So I'm much more of the mindset, like you need one or two good pairs yeah, as opposed to like crazy amount of shoes, one for every outfit. I'm like, get something that can be really versatile because also one of the other key factors that I consider in footwear is when you have a child that's low tone, you've got to consider the weight of the shoe and the size. So we as parents are like, well, I'm going to buy it a thumb bigger because I want more room for growth, right? Mm -hmm, but mm -hmm. if you have a child that's low tone, that it's already hard to walk and they have to pick up added weight and you add length to the shoe that they have to roll over to get forward progression, now we're tripping. We're causing them to trip because we put a shoe on that we need room for growth in, right. but we as parents want to be financially responsible too, to not have to buy so many pairs of shoes. Right. But sometimes in those circumstances, we've got to think of less is more. I'm only going to get you one pair of shoes right now mm -hmm. because we're going to need to, you're going to go through a growth spurt and I'm going to need to probably get you another pair in three to six months. And I don't want to be doing this. So don't buy a lot of shoes early on. Right. So if, but if you did go to somewhere like Walmart or Target or somewhere where I've bought plenty of pairs of shoes at both of those places before. So what, what would I say is a good shoe versus a bad shoe? Like I know I'm not going to look at the Crocs and I'm going to not look at the jelly shoes because I'm assuming you're saying that they're no both in the same category. I'm clear on that. So then what would 
I say is this is a good versus a bad. You want to make sure you can't bend it in half. If you can bend it right in half, it's probably providing no support, right? right? Mm -hmm. Like like a kid, like sure. those canvas okay. shoes. It's just going to bend. But if you can hold the shoe and it doesn't twist when you try and twist it and it doesn't fold in half when you try and bend it, it's probably got a little more structure to it. Okay. That's but a big factor. And then also that it laces versus Velcro. Okay. Those okay. are my two biggest so, factors. Well, so dead bend in half. So the bend test, the twist test, you can't twist so easy, and then lace. Mm -hmm. okay. So funny story, all this stuff I know to be true about shoes and footwear, right? Yes, right. My first one, great. He was totally compliant. He wore whatever I put on his feet until about three, and then he had an opinion. And I'm like, where did this come from? Oh, you, didn't <sighs> you didn't approve that. No. <laughs> so I worked through that, though. Um, but my youngest there was a whole year of his life that he wore rain boots. That is not an appropriate issue. I'm very well aware of that, but it's either he gets to take care alive or somebody's falling apart. <laughs> so <laughs> I'm like, you know what? A year later, I'll have my work to do and I'll, I'll fix that. <laughs> we'll fix his feet. So you can come back from a year of rain boots then. You're you telling me can. you can come back from that. You can. So if right now you're listening to this podcast and you're like, oh my gosh, yeah. I got to get on this. Just get on the right track now. <laughs> or he's got a family who brings only children in with Crocs. You can, well, I don't know if there's much you can Just do set the record straight yeah. moving forward and, and yeah. really help to educate them why that that's not a good option. But they have their place. Like, right? totally. you know, it's kind of like, I'm also not of the mindset where you can't use a baby walker or you can't use a, a bumbo seat. Like right. there's some therapists out there that are like, oh, that's the worst thing ever. But I'm like, I need a shower and I need to put them in something where they're not going to hit their head if they're starting to crawl and roll around and move on the tiled floor right. and I can put that stationary in the bathroom and shut the door. They can't get into anything and I need a shower. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes <laughs> you got to, you're not in it all day. Just no. A few minutes. So I'm like, there's a time and a place for things right. and I'm not of the mindset where it's all or nothing. Yeah. I, I mean, I agree with that because, you know, you got to give a little grace somewhere. Somewhere. And, and also um, the body's a mobile moving Thing. So, and it's never going to be, nothing's going to ever be a hundred percent perfect, nor yeah. should it be. We just want to bring to light through this podcast, some of the early things to consider right. so that you can get on the right track for future development. So now we've moved through infants and little kids, right? And their shoes. So let's stop here. We got more shoes to talk about because we've got like what happens after they're three plus. So that'll be on next week's podcast. Good. All right. So more shoes next time. Thanks for listening, everybody. And you can check out more podcasts on The Working Therapist. You can access that through our website, pediatricdt.com. Go to The Working Therapist and you'll see all of these podcasts. You can also check out the blog at Hayden's Place. with that more information from our podcast and just more detailed and other stuff in there that's not even in the podcast. So check that one out too. We will check you next time on another episode of The Working Therapist. Thanks. Thanks for joining us for today's edition of The Working Therapist, an extension of the Pediatric Developmental Therapy Network. For more information or to contact us, visit us online at www.pediatricdt.com. That's pediatricdt.com.